first principles, you have to resist constraint. Yes. You have to create a need for muscle mass and, and resistance training will do that. Right. Give your body a reason to hang on to it. Absolutely. Under all costs. Yep. Yeah. And yep. I think understanding that with the underlying, so if the topic of this episode is about weight loss and fat loss, we're going to talk about right now that it shouldn't, you shouldn't be consider, reconsider weight loss at all just because you can mean, so another thing to understand is you can stay at the same weight and completely change the composition of your body to a degree. Welcome to Reconsider. I'm Bill Hartman. This is the podcast to challenge you to ask better questions, to look beyond traditional models of thinking and arrive at better health and fitness solutions. Reconsider is sponsored by Substance Nutrition. Go to substancenutrition.com to get your neuro coffee, better coffee, better brain, and synthesis, better protein, better body. Enter the coupon code RECON, R-E-C-O-N, and get free shipping on all of your orders. getting in shape means yep and now i think it would be good to specify a little bit because because of a lot of people a lot of people's goals are going to be aligned with weight loss and and fat loss and what they think is yeah muscle gain fat loss body so, so there's i think i think that's i think that's that's part of the the issue right sure so we probably need to distinguish like first step is let's discuss the difference between weight loss and fat loss. Definitely. That would definitely be something we need to talk about. Yeah. Cause I, I, you know, for the general population, it's always been a weight issue, which is not a terrible, you know, point of reference, but I don't think that's what people mean. Yeah. You know, it's like, like how many people are saying, yeah, I got, I got way too much muscle. I'm going to try to get rid of some, you know, I don't think that happens too often. Right. Right. Yeah, and, and, and those are the outliers. Yeah. But, but it's, it, muscle tissue is useful. Yeah. To an ex, to an extent. And then it becomes, thank you very much. An excellent point to an extent. It's probably very, very useful. And once then it becomes, the, once you look like Jay Cutler or Ronnie Coleman, you're starting to choke yourself. Most likely. Well, it, I mean, think of the demands it's it, to the extreme. It's, it's, it's this some of the same physical battles as obesity. Sure. Right? Because of the extreme amount of mass that you have to carry around. And that that is, you know, it takes great effort to do so. It creates a great deal of potential limitations in movement, which causes secondary consequences that may not be desired in the circumstance. Yeah, most people aren't going to pursue that because it takes a ridiculous amount of time and a ridiculous amount of effort to do so. Yeah. And I think right. it's, worth, it's worth discussing. For, right. in the and I think, I think also in terms of mental models to discuss talking about second and third order consequences of things, talking about what causality and causation actually is and using the example, I wanted to sort of introduce the idea and the example of the ladder of causation, which is something I got from Judea Pearl's book. I think it's called the book of why or something like that. Uh -huh. And they're just being, I mean, I'll post like a, I'll post an image of what that ladder is, but it based, the basics of it are 
you observe something, you act on something, and then you use your imagination to figure out why it happened. And right. that last part is something that I, I believe a lot of people miss because they don't think about what the other circumstances that might have been there that actually allowed that outcome to happen. And they try to they try to have these sort of direct lines of thinking where it's I took this supplement or I did this diet and I got this result. And it's right. the, the reality of it is probably not that. And you need to use your imagination to think about. I, I believe he calls them counterfactuals where they're outside uh, influences and other things that might not be normally taken into consideration. Right. And this, and this is why, this is why you need to continually expand your perspective because what, what happens is, is that, that you do become limited in, in perspective and then you make an, an inappropriate association into causation. Sure. Yeah, that was that was one thing I wanted to talk about. And then a couple of other mental models that are just present because I've been reading up about them just because we're doing a podcast talking about a lot of them. Uh -huh. The idea of having outcomes be more important than ego. So when it comes to when you have a when you have a plan or you invest in doing something, you don't have to stick with that thing if it's not working. Correct. And a lot of people, it seems painfully obvious when you say it out loud, but a lot of right. people don't do that because they are so, they hang their hat so adamantly on certain things and they want it, they want the validation and they want to say that what they decided to do is what fixed this. Right. Well, everybody, everybody wants, everybody wants what they like to do to be the solution and then what they are doing to be the solution, even if it's something they don't like to do, but because it, it's a decision that they made, nobody wants to be wrong. Yeah. Right. And that and that, that yeah. That becomes an appearance. But this is but this is why you fall back on things like processes and um lead measures versus the lag measures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you talk a little the bit lead about measures that? become more important because those are the things that lead to the outcome. Sure. And then it's then it just becomes one big giant algorithm. Yeah. Let's it's let like, uh do you want to give you want to give a more like anecdotal example of leading versus lagging so um, to so, kind of understand. Okay. So uh, um, the, the behaviors of eating throughout the day, like eating a certain way. Okay. So you're checking a box. You're saying, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this. So these are the behaviors that lead to a specific outcome. So, so making sure that those processes are, are addressed and intact, those are your lead measures. So it's all about the behaviors that you're investing in a process. The lag measure is what the result would be. So if I am on a, in a fat loss plan of some sort, so the lag measure, the simple lag measure is hopping on the scale and seeing, well, what happened based on the behaviors that I invested in yesterday? And so, but the, the important thing are, are the lead measures because you can do nothing, absolutely nothing about the lag measure um, the, once you're taking that measurement. It is what it is. And then that's what helps you decide, okay, what are the lead measures that I need to address? And so it's much more important to be checking those boxes off, right? And then getting and establishing the behaviors, following the process more than getting excited about the scale. The scale is a byproduct of what you do. Okay. And so that's, yeah, that's the distinct characteristic. That's a good example from in the fat loss. I think 
the example I tend to use in terms of exercise are the leading indicators being your technique and how first let's take running or sprinting for instance if i'm if i'm coaching someone in that the leading mm -hmm. indicators are going to be their positions that they can attain and the shapes that they can attain to put force into the ground right. and the lagging indicators are where we don't we never want to go and that would be like pain or uh some type of discomfort that's caused by the leading pro like a leading issue right so le leading are the things that help you sort of use probabilities to predict what will happen in the future Correct. lagging indicators are too late in most instances to even well use because them. they're after the, the lag lag is always after the fact yeah it's always after the fact right okay. we're trying to impact the lag measures but we can't do anything directly about them it's like i can't like maybe you can stand on the scale kind of funny and manipulate the number right but that's not that's not helpful Right. right. So it, be, it becomes it becomes the behavioral element. And so this like in your case, you you brought up a, a, a reference to movement. I'm bringing up a, a reference to uh, eating behaviors associated with fat. Yeah. But the two things can be very coherent. Of course. But they are very coherent. Hopefully, yeah. as people listen to us talk and ramble on about this stuff, they'll sort of understand that it's all hashtag. It's all the same. <laughs> who's, who, who's that? Is that is that Austin? that? Austin, yeah, Austin wow. called it Hartman's razor. It's always it's, razor. everything's the same. Everything's yeah, the same. I, I, the, I would say everything is everything else. Yes, it's it's all the same stuff. Uh, that <laughs> and another thing before we get into like it's before we get into the the podcast, I'm going to attempt to not say the word like as much. Okay. Oh, did you watch pain, back and, and you didn't like of, the pain of editing and producing a podcast? Oh, you get yes. to See yourself, and I say like too often but you know in, my, I like, in my defense like, you know? i believe i say it far less than most do in the podcast world just based yeah. on my listening to other podcasts yeah. anyways i digress the other thing i wanted to mention because i have things written out in the base camp if you wanted to look at that or you just let me do that and you can just wing it i, I just <laughs> i just sit here and wing it dude <laughs> so the we you kind of touched on it but processes and having systems so the idea, I, I would like people to understand that the idea of having goals can be useful, but it kind of sucks because goals become this thing that you try to attain. And then what's the process once you get to there? So the, the thing to think about and this, this model that I'm thinking about is systems over goals. So creating right. a system for success and progress that's steady and continuous and keeps you on a certain vector and trajectory instead of trying to have a goal that's a set moment in time and is an instant that once you attain it is gone. Right. And it, it doesn't, it's, it's hard to motivate unless you're always setting goals. And then it becomes, it almost becomes this, uh, it's interference. Well, it's, it, and it's outside of the moment. Yes. Which, which makes it more difficult. So let's just say I have a 20, 20 pound fat loss goal. Mm -hmm. There's nothing I can do about it right now. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. But what, what I can impact now is the behavior that will eventually lead to that outcome. And so that's where my focus needs to be. Because people are trying to project too far in the future and they see it, it's so far off. It's so frustrating. It just, and then, and then now you've exhausted energy in that direction that you could have used to just say, here's what I need to do today. 
Right. So you focus on the moments. Like, what do I need to do today? What decision makes the most logical sense for me to move in that direction? So that's just a direction. It's just a direction to move towards. You have no idea where you're going to end up, um, but focus on the moment, focus on the process. Yeah. And that sort of prioritiz prioritization and that model of what's the one thing that I can do? What's the another way to think about it? Lowest hanging fruit. What's the one thing I can do right now in this present moment? that I know will help move the dial or yeah. am I, what question can I ask today that will help me? Yeah. What book is that? The one thing? I think it's called that. Yeah. That's, or, that's a great, that's a great or, book for, the, for this concept because. Yeah. So we've talked about two books already. Because, he, those well, be in the because it, it's always the question mark. It's like, what is the one thing that will have the greatest impact on me moving in that general direction? That's what I do. Now. That's what you should do now. Yeah. And I'll do, I'm going to do a better job of posting links in the show notes to things yeah. that we talk about. Um, but, but I believe the title is the one thing. And I wish I could give the author's name right off the top of my head, but I can't do that. We well, we'll talk about it enough. So it eventually you will. Okay. Fair uh, enough. And then what was the other thing before we get into the, the format, the typical format? Oh, so hopefully we had some useful things for people to use useful things to use we had we had some models that people that find useful right away that we're talking about this because obviously if you didn't realize yet bill we're in the podcast uh not, not as much of a not as much of a lead in this time i'm gonna have what, to cut you, you, have to you, cut you threw me open. off <laughs> i'm gonna have to cut a cold open from later on in the podcast you, you threw that? me off when you said follow the typical format i didn't know we had a format Oh yeah, well that's I mean that's for me. The the re whenever I say things that are like format and I'm talking about it's to keep myself on track. I, I know that I, I have I I can only do so much to try to keep you on track. Do you like the I haven't light, haven't I haven't used the I haven't used a formal outline I haven't used a formal outline in six or seven years. So you know I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to color coordinate things. Yes. <laughs> yeah, be like professional. I have like a I have a I have the the night rider kit red light oh is that, is that what that is back there i thought it was a lightsaber okay yeah well, it kind of looks like it's some like quarter light thing so anyways let's uh let's get into the so we'll go through again the way that we've been trying to format this just for i'll remind you every time we do a podcast of how what the format is <laughs> i appreciate so, we'll talk we'll talk a little bit about the history of the topic so we'll talk about phallus uh -huh. and weight loss and, and diet uh and we'll talk about what the current thought process that we hear typically is and what we see and then we'll offer although we already did this on the front end which i kind of like we offer a different perspective right away we'll talk about where it comes from what what people think about it right now and then we'll offer that varied perspective again awesome. maybe add a few things in maybe reiterate a couple of things okay. so me looking into um and at any point if you have stuff that you remember from the mm -hmm. history of this type of thing yeah. feel free to add it in. i'll just but, jump in there yeah so going all the way back to we've already talked about greek roman physical culture type of stuff it wasn't really it was kind of looked down upon it being overweight because you were not contributing to a physical culture obviously and you were you were rich enough so morally it was this weird obligation all these people that weren't eating were thin and you were fat and throughout time that there that moral implication has been existing right uh and then it's starting to get around, you know, religious reasons for people not eating anorexia being the sort of moral uh, level of virtue that you can attain by not eating. And it, you know, still the same type of indulgence being bad and a sin. Then in the 1800s, it becoming more popular for 
dietary health influences. So you have Kellogg and you have the graham cracker and all these sort of crazy nutritional influences where people were doing things to try to fight disease. A lot of it wasn't too far off, but some of it was just completely wild. Um, and then the biggest change towards fitness and fat loss and weight loss I could find was around like the thirties where it was really looked down upon to be fat because no one had anything. We were in a depression era Right. and the, the look that everyone wanted to try to get towards because they were getting away from like wanting to constrict their bodies with corsets and stuff like that was just being thin and, and having low weight. So you have people like Jack LaLanne who started gyms Two. and fitness centers right. in the late thirties. Right. I think that eventually turned into Bally Total Fitness. I think. I see the Tanny. Did Vic Tanny? Vic Tanny was similar. Maybe he was later. He might have been later. Yeah. So it was that. I didn't it's look too much into that. I just. This is all coming from like a couple of the different articles, and yeah. then there being Charles Atlas in the later thirties becoming the 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 guy. I'm in attention. Yeah. First article. First article I ever wrote for Men's Fitness was was about was mentioned was Charles about Atlas. Atlas. Yeah, and that was yeah. It was, about, like, it was try, about trying to be fit and get bigger and weight right. loss and you know not be bullied and that sort of thing. Um, and then from there, it's just turned into a money grab, where different different industries are trying to play on people's emotions and about weight loss and fat loss and looking a certain way. Right. And right. it's bill billions and billions of dollars at this point. I forgot what the exact number was, but no it might question. be like sixty sixty billion dollar industry or something. Yeah, just, just I believe Suzanne Summers. I believe Suzanne Summers made more money from the thigh master than from she did as an actress. Every single time it, you it, squeeze it thigh master, you... I can remember infomercials and stuff like that. Just talking yeah. so much about, yeah. and that, and that obviously we've talked a bit a bit earlier the influence of people trying to make money versus actually helping. It doesn't, doesn't really matter to them if you're paying if the if the the return on investment and the key performance indicator for a company is just profit and loss. They don't care if you get a result or if you, even if you hurt yourself, it doesn't matter to them. Um, anything else? We'll avoid um, that by the way. We will avoid that. Yeah. That's part of our goal here. Yeah. Just that's why we charge so much for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> eventually, eventually <laughs> you can, you can monetize podcasts, Bill. I, I have no idea how to do that. We're just going to yeah. talk. That well, is, yeah. Well, for now, we'll just talk. Uh, the now, now the I think that's a pretty good introduction of what I'd say. Over the past few years, there's been a lot more sciency. I'll say sciency because it, the research is not great, and the if you want to find a result in research, you'll find it. Yeah. It's just you can you can manipulate that is true. You want. That is true. You will find support for just about anything that you want to believe. Yeah, and if, it, if you're if you're getting a grant and you're being paid to research something specifically, it's probably in your best interest to find the result that you're looking for. A favorable outcome. Yeah, especially if if a company is is paying for it as well, and that company has an interest in you finding a certain result. So there's that's a whole we can have a whole different conversation about research and literature. We talked about the brief history. That do you think I left anything out? I mean, I don't really talk about the recent history as much. I kind of stopped in the well beginnings of the modern era of it i think i think you know we can we can delve into uh what actually makes a difference yeah yeah and i, I think it, it'll be it'll be useful to continue on like what 
what do people, what are the, the current fallacies and thought processes that people use or things that they're going to hear a lot from outside sources about fat loss? And the, the, the things that came to mind that I wrote out were trying to out-exercise a bad diet, yep. uh, thinking that there's one specific way in order to lose weight Correct. or to lose fat, yeah. Uh, thinking that there's only one way that you can train for it and everyone should do that way is kind of a continuation of that. Uh, they, or the idea that there are better ways to do certain things, definitively better ways to do certain things than others. Um, other problems well, that people... There, there, there's going to be some essentials. Sure. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll get, we'll get to like right. what the... Because that'll boil down to another mental model of using first principles. Right. What are the things that no matter what question you ask will always be true? There you go. And we'll, we'll come back to that in a okay. second here. Uh, the other things I wanted to include were exercise as a punishment and food as a reward creates a really big behavioral problem for people. And I think it gets in, it causes a lot of interference. And then eating more frequently because of the, the, appetite changes that can happen with exercise or not happen with exercise, but also because of this idea that, that the body is somehow this metabolic furnace and you need to keep feeding the body calories in order to like increase the thermic effect of food and keep the furnace hot. Yeah. I'm not, Which, I'm not, big, I'm not a big fan of, of the neat versus yeah, the thermic yeah. effect and all that we kind of stuff. talk about, we could talk about that. Cause I, I, there, I have a certain perspective on why non-exercise activity is important that you don't, but we will talk about that. <laughs> no, this is good. I, this is, you and I should disagree sometimes. I just don't want to like, I don't well, want it just to be some like echo chamber where I say something and you go, yeah. And then you say something no, and you go, yeah. I, I, I would be happy to tell everybody that you're wrong. Wrong, sir. <laughs> That's certainly what I would, I would nothing. hope that you'd be able to tell me I'm wrong. Uh, okay. <clears throat> I think those are the main things. Do you, do you, can you think of any other things you hear constantly from people that are I just, don't, nobody talks to me and I don't listen to anyone. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so that that's purely my responsibility. Let's roll. With the, yeah. what, what like I am, I am, I am out of touch with reality that like anybody that watches this on, on the YouTubes, um, I, they need to understand that this is the space that I live in that you're seeing on camera and I never leave it. So it's like, like I live in my own little happy world and I rely on everybody else to tell me stuff that's happening outside of this. So, all right. All right. So lead on. I'm here. I, I like to be, so I'm your connection to reality, which is scary, <laughs> which is scary. I, if people actually, if people knew me, I'm not too far off of what you're, what you're describing. <laughs> uh, so we talked about the history a bit. Yep. We, we talked about what people currently believe, or at least some of the examples of what people currently believe yeah. and what sort of interference they cause. Right. And now we're going to offer a different perspective, sort of based on some of the things we talked about earlier, behaviors. Uh, yep. Let's talk Let's talk about first principles first. What are the necessities for training in this way or trying to okay. get weight loss and fat loss? I think so. So again let can we can we shift this away from the concept of weight loss first and we'll just talk about like nobody 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 wants to nobody should want to give up muscle that they're that they that they already have unless they're at the extreme again we're, we're going to take the extremes out of this and, and you know from a lifetime perspective um what what we want to make sure is that we have enough active tissue 
that allows us to move and be effective. And that's what a, that's a qualitative element of life. It makes everything better if we can retain or even augment muscle mass to a small degree. Like we, we don't have to carry on, like we don't want to create more de metabolic demand by having this massive amount of muscle, but, but muscle is important because again, it it's the thing that allows you to move. Um, it is useful um, from a, a blood sugar management strategy to have a place for that stuff to go, right? And so, so muscle mass being active um, will allow us to avoid the deposition of calories as fat because we have active muscle tissue. So we always want to do something to maintain that. So when we talk about a first principle of fat loss, we need some way to maintain, or like I said, slightly augment the amount of muscle mass that we do have. That is an essential element of it because you can lose weight and you lose fat. You can lose weight though, without any exercise whatsoever. Yeah. So that becomes the danger of, so we're going to talk about the math of it and the calories in versus calories out sort of equation. But what you're saying is an important precursor to that and is a good first principle to understand that we want to hang on to muscle. Absolutely. So, at all costs, at all costs. And you, you'll have a specific, you'll, the specific specificity of using muscle will right. allow for the nutrition that you put into your body to actually be utilized at that area. Right. Versus versus emphasis on storage. We want yeah. utilization, not not so much storage. In fact, as we're as we're dealing with this issue, until you get to some stabilized body composition that is desirable, that will be the area of emphasis. Yeah, so so okay. resistance training. So first principles, you have to resistance train. Yes. You have to create a need for muscle mass and and resistance training will do that. Right. Give your body a reason to hang on to it. Absolutely. Under all costs. Yep. Yeah. And yep. I think understanding that with the underlying. So if the topic of this episode is about weight loss and fat loss, we're going to talk about right now that it shouldn't you shouldn't be consider reconsider weight loss at all just because you can mean. So another thing to understand is you can stay at the same weight and completely change the composition of your body to a degree. And the way you're going to know that is going to be usually based on how your clothes fit in a practical sense, because getting a body fat measurement is not very practical, nor are most of the ways to measure it even. It's bad. not terribly useful. Yeah. And it's also not very useful. Yeah. But so your clothes fit is a great. So, so here you go. So let's go back to lag measures for a second. Do two things. Weigh yourself in the morning. And take a waist measurement. At your belly button level. Exhaled. So an exhaled waist measurement at your belly button low. Every day. Every day. Just make it a habit. And, and what Bill just did there is what we like to call a callback. <laughs> so these are these are the moments in the podcast that make people really, really resonate with people. Oh, really? Hey, didn't we just talk about that? Yeah. Well, that's why that's why stand up comedy works, too. It's the, the oh, relevance and the observational. Nothing nothing better nothing better than a callback to wrap up your set yeah well you gotta you have to plug you have to plug the joke from the beginning and then almost every conclusion of a stand-up set is going to include a callback and there you go that's Let's how you do it man comes, comes we are circle dude we are full service here so so all yeah. the stand-up comedians now have an act yeah it's well it's it's a form it's an algorithm just like anything is that's well, why that's why we need to lead into the concept of an algorithm. 
Sure. I mean, I think we should. Let me look at my list here to make sure we're. Yeah. So algorithm thinking algorithmically, how can that apply to the the initially misguided idea of weight loss? Right. So let's think about it. Now we're shifting the focus from what we even came to this episode for, which is reconsidering what weight loss and fat loss is. And let's think about it from more of a, if we're trying to recomposition or change the composition of our bodies to be healthier. What, what's the algorithm there or the algorithmic thinking there? Well, so we, we have our behaviors, right? So we have our lead measures. So we have to check our boxes every day. And then we check our lag measures. And then we have a certain amount of time um, that, that we will maintain those lead measures, regardless of the lag measures. We will maintain that for a certain amount of time because attempting to change things on the fly on a continuous basis is an exercise in futility, right? So what we need is an amount of time that allows a favorable or unfavorable change to occur, but the unfavorable wouldn't be too far out of reach for us to to make the favorable changes in our lead measures to again, move towards the favorable lag measures, right? right. Um, and then not too long a period of time that again, if we go too far in the wrong direction, so again, let's just say that weight loss accelerated to a ridiculous degree, right? We might be giving up something that we need to maintain such as muscle mass. Sure, and that's something that that, that gets, so the, the problem with, losing weight for the sake of losing weight is a lot of times people go through this roller coaster cycle of losing a bunch of weight and then regaining it every holiday. But the body isn't very kind when it comes to how it gains weight and loses weight. So you're going to lose muscle and fat at the same degree if you, unless you're using the muscle like Bill was talking about. But when you gain weight, you are going to gain fat predominantly if there is no activity to make your body want to gain muscle or maintain it. So yeah, it's a it, really vicious, it can be a really vicious cycle. And then and as people go. leave, I think the statistics are like, after you leave college, you gain like 10 pounds a year or something yeah. like that. It sneaks up on a normal person. Yeah. yeah. But see, and you, you know, people say, well, you shouldn't weigh yourself every day. Why not? Yeah, why not? Why it's not? Just information. Because, right, right. But again, what we're trying to do is establish a series of behaviors, right? And so again, it's like, I do this every day. I go through a process every day starts to look the same for a reason. So there's a, there's our callback to systems over goals. Cause otherwise you're just blindly trying to reach this point and then you reach another point and then you reach another point and you're just kind of like, right. you're, uh, you're peeing in the wind. Oh, as, as they would say, well, well played. Um, <laughs> that was my, that was my PG version of what I was <laughs> Okay, so what's our time frame? Uh, for weight loss? Yeah. Well, let's talk fat loss. Wait, we're talking fat loss. Yeah, fat, fat loss. Okay, so, so, so say like so if I- We don't want to get out of control. We don't want to go too far in one direction, right? Yeah. And we want to make sure that, that, that our outcome remains favorable, which will allow us to make regular decisions on, on making small right. measurable adjustments. Okay? I think- Bill is about to give us a practical example of how to lose weight within a given time frame. Or sorry, I should say we lose fat. I did it again. Oh, got it. Yeah. Let's uh, let's say let's say New Year's resolution. I would like to lose a certain amount of fat. Let's say I want to, I would like to lose ten pounds of fat in the first quarter of twenty twenty three. Oh, that's a piece of cake. Cool. Um, every couple of weeks. It's a pretty good standard measure. 
You can do it a little bit more frequently and you could go a little bit longer, but, but the the reason I say this, Chris, is my whole world revolves around the two week concept. Yeah. So a model of like the sprints. Yeah. So I, I sprint every, I do, I do what's called a sprint every two weeks where every two weeks looks the same. It just repeats over and over and over again. And, and so, so building, again, building intensity and then backing off. Right. So, so you'll, you, if you make a favorable change, you will recognize it within that time frame. If you make an unfavorable change, you haven't done so much damage that you can't recover from it very quickly. Right. So if you waited six weeks, let's just say you waited six weeks and the plan that you had, you had executed uh, did not go well. You might be so far you know, away from your intended outcome that now frustration increases, emotions rise, and then you'd say, ah, screw it. And you're you know, sitting there eating a half a gallon of ice cream by yourself watching Netflix. Yeah. You know, which never a bad thing. Um, can be, can that. have can have its uses. Unless you're trying to, yeah. Unless you're trying to lose fat. No, it, it just it just gives you a it gives you a nice little measure, like like reasonable measure that gives you some element of control over the situation to make good adjustments and decisions. Right. And okay. and it, also, it gives you enough time to make the favorable change. As we reframe this and we kind of reconsider this, we've talked about just as a necessity with the fat loss. Any type of fat loss training is going to need a level of resistance training as support underneath. This right. has to be there because otherwise, as we lose the weight, we're going to lose both fat and muscle together. And the less muscle we have, the actually the harder it will be to come back if I have to come back to this fat loss journey again. Uh, but having that m- mental mindset, we also need to get rid of as well to have it not be goal oriented and trying to hit a number, but have it be have it involve making a system for yourself and an algorithm for yourself that allows you to have continued progress and consistency for the rest of your life. That's going to be a big factor there. Understanding that there is some level of math to it and calories in versus calories out. So you would like to, you know, utilize more than you are taking in. Right. Um, How about we turn, how about we turn something that's unpleasant into something that is useful? Sure. What do you mean? You're going to be hungry. Yeah. This there's discomfort is going to be, a marker of progress when it comes right. to stuff like, like this. But, but, but you can, and, and this is, you know, speaking a little bit from experience here, it's like, this is like, when you feel hungry, it's not a sign that, that you're doing something wrong. It's actually favorable. And that doesn't mean you're starving yourself to death, but, but yeah. you know, like, at, especially at nighttime when that, that's when people are weakest because your energy levels are at, at their lowest. It's where you're going to make the worst decisions. And it's also where you're going to be the most hungry. So being hungry and recognizing that fact means that you're making a favorable change if we can change that perspective right we we, will use the word reconsider what your interpretation is of being hungry it's like you're supposed to be because you're creating a deficit yeah that's that that concept is important there needs to be a there needs to be a caloric deficit that you're in with a through a combination of exercise and and nutritional intake with an underlying goal of always keeping some semblance of resistance training the activity that you can do could be literally anything uh, outside of that as long as you're trying to hang on to the muscle and you're using calories so uh you obviously want to pick the things that are safer so that you're not injuring yourself because if you injure yourself you can't do any of this stuff and then you're just that's that gets in the way of the preliminary and underlying goals the other things what else did i want to talk about 
eating less, moving more, that concept can be useful. Um, exercise. So exercise is not a great way to lose calories, to get rid of no, calories. No. To, it's to not, it's not as calories. much as it's, people think. Yeah. And so you think about hundred percent of your cal, the calories you take in are from what you eat, but only, even if you train a lot, only about 30% probably of the calories that come out of the system that we're talking about are going to be from exercise. Uh, and I, I don't, I don't want to belabor this and get too into non-exercise activity, although we could have a discussion about that, but it's, it's just like, you're going to do, you're going to burn more than you take in or try to, at least you're going to keep some muscle and some resistance training in there so that you can support, uh, the underlying and important first principles of health, I guess would be a way to think about it. And so uh, understand that, you know, exercise is not going to be the answer. So you shouldn't try to have a bad relationship with food on top of that. Right. But let, let's go back to the neat thing for just a second. <laughs> so, so here's my argument. Here's my argument. Here's sure. my argument. Sure. Is, is that, so what it should represent is the fact that you are being an active person, looking yes. at it as, as the contributor to, um, is, is, overestimating its value well yeah it's a it's a life it's a so the system the systems over goals thing it's a lifestyle over a it's not right. just about it's anti-sedentary it is not a massive contribution to fat loss sure but there is there is a lot okay so there is a lot to see yourself as walk. an active person yes it's, it's reconsidering your, how you see yourself and your self-perception and right. but also I, I believe there is such a a benefit to steps and walking for a myriad of reasons. Uh, one of the, just from the dynamics of like how we actually lose fat from a physiological sense at the, at the cells, you carbon dioxide and water, right? So breathing is how you lose fat. Right. Uh, and if I can drive up respiratory rate through some type of exercise that isn't going to be interfering with my progress, potentially okay. I could have an influence there. But the way that you're walking around during the day is not doing that. I'm talking about adding in walks in an exercise context. Okay. That's different than what I'm saying. Okay. I'm talking about the the little thingies that people wear that say, oh, I took this many steps today. It's like, okay, great. Right. You know, at what point in time did that become exercise? This is this is the point where Bill is trying to prove me wrong. Well, I'm not trying to prove anything. <laughs> I know. I'm intentional, yeah. intentional exercise is far superior. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That, that was, yeah, that was never my, my argument. The, the, the accepting, accepting a number of steps as I was, I was, I was, you know, better today. That's where I don't want people to go. Like don't yeah. pat yourself, don't pat yourself on the back for your, how many right. thousand steps that you take. These are, these are like, you, you want to have these be like baseline measures of how many steps you get in the day. That's just a way of like, this is keeping my, let's say my base metabolic rate is at a certain level when I get a certain amount of steps. That should just be the normal. Right. Yeah. And then you build off of that. Right. We want, we want, we want to, we want to do things with great intention, not by accident. Absolutely. Because then, it, then it becomes a behavior that you're controlling. And that's what we want to do. I want people to understand that, that, that they are making, they are making a conscious decision to behave a certain way. Yeah. You're more likely to have an outcome with great intentions than you are by accident.